All right, everybody. Welcome back to the It's Telehealth podcast. I am your host, Keenan Hart. Once again, here with my trusty sidekick, Andre Simmons. Andre, how are you doing today, man? Great, man. It's been a minute. It's been a couple of weeks. I'm glad to it be has back. been a couple of weeks. Glad yep. to be back. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, during that last couple of weeks, I think uh, we've been able to not only kind of disconnect from, you know, everything that has been work and everything that's been over the last year, but it was really nice to be able to spend some time with some family and uh, be able to spend the last couple of weeks, you know, kind of recalibrating as we get ready for 2022. Sure. I mean, we've we've discussed that on the pod, how important that is sometimes just to kind of take a step back um, um, and just kind of look around and enjoy, you know, what we have in life. And it it helps you actually re-energize for what's to come. I mean, absolutely. I think it's just super important to recognize the importance of having that work-life balance. And we've talked about that in a previous episode as well. You never really recognize how deep you're in it until you get an opportunity to kind of step away from it and then come back, recharge, like you just said. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, we're going to, let's, let's turn the microphone around a little bit. And I wanted to ask you um, in your position as a president at ITS, um, kind of, what was the the uh, how was the progress that we've made in 21 now going into 22 and then what do you see on the horizon for 22 um, I know before we jumped on we were discussing you know um, some of the legislative issues surrounding telehealth as we're quote unquote coming out of the pandemic um, so can you touch on how that's going to shape uh, you know where we go in the following absolutely election? yeah I mean first of all 2021 was a very awesome year, specifically for the reasons that come along with the maturation of the space of telehealth, not only telehealth, but our company as well. You know, we had always been fighting in the shadows since the beginning of 2014 to kind of spread the dream of what telehealth really was. And then once COVID occurred in 2020, we saw the very quick adaption um, and progression of the space. 2021, for me and for my perspective, was really the first foot off the boat in this new land of healthcare. That telehealth is not only a forethought, but is recognized as being a necessity for how we start to move forward through navigating this new space. And we were able to make a ton of progress during 2021. You know, a large part of 2021, from my perspective, was really an educational process, really recognizing that this space in itself, although new in some people's eyes, is valid and is expected for the future of healthcare, not only from a healthcare systems perspective, not only from a provider's perspective, but also from a patient perspective as well. I mean, could you imagine having to go back to sitting in a waiting room for small 15-minute appointments now that your doctor has told you in the past that you can actually meet with them virtually or have that remote conversation without having to go through traffic and sit inside that waiting room and you know spend half your day trying to go to that appointment. Exactly. Um, I think a, a huge difference between 2021 and um, years prior to COVID was that I, I think as we were pushing the message forward in, in 2018, 2019, um, as we got deep into the pandemic, you had people that were inquiring about, okay, well, I know that this is a reality. And so now how do we, you know, how do we get on board and then how can you help us, you know, uh, facilitate that? So I think absolutely a huge difference. Yeah. I mean, a huge part of the entire process from a healthcare leadership perspective was COVID occurs. 
the world that we participate in has dramatically changed, totally recognizable. A lot of people took the position of saying, we're just going to hold it down and wait for this to pass, while other people were quick movers to adapt new technology, not knowing what the future is going to bring. 2021 comes, and more so than 2020, you've got more adoption from a provider perspective of people who are saying, okay, I recognize the efficiencies that we've gained, not only in operating our healthcare business, but also the efficiencies that our patients have experienced, and there is no way going back now. It's an expectation. You know, there are some great studies that are out there that talk about, you know, 70% of patients expect their healthcare providers to be able to give them some sort of digital ability to access their trusted provider, which I think is also something that we're going to see in 22 that I'm very excited about. 2020 was very reactionary in the telehealth space. We saw everybody was adopting every single tool that they had. If it was Skype, if it was, you know, telephone calls, if it was FaceTime, although those things are not HIPAA compliant, they got us through what we needed to get them through. 2021 really kind of has been recognized as we're looking out into the marketplace as a provider and telehealth companies have almost started to become competition for your local healthcare provider. Why do I say that? The exchange model of healthcare, uh, you know, a patient going onto an app, going onto a website, saying that they have flu-like symptoms, looking for a provider, one of 60 who is standing by to treat them, became a very prominent model. But now we're recognizing that very much like the pendulum swings with everything else, patients are now looking for that trusted relationship that they have with that trusted provider from the past. Now that technology is a tool of adaptation and accessibility, I think 2022 is going to be the year of your local provider starting to really have a mature communication strategy to engage with you, the people who live in your community, the people who are in their demographic, their backyard. And we're, and in that, where do you see uh, where ITS made the greatest strides in 21? Um, us as an organization in terms of delivering um, those services to people or to organizations? Uh, I think we've shown a lot of organizations that you don't have to have an overcomplicated telehealth system or a solution to get the job done. You know, one thing that we talk about often is how do we simplify the ability for patients to be able to reach their provider? And we lean into texting in order to do that. I think the recognition that simple tools like texting and video communication, delivering patient education through a medium like text messaging can be incredibly powerful. And it doesn't have to be overly complicated. You don't need a robust application with a thousand features to get the job done. You just need to use the tool that's right, that gets the job done efficiently and quickly. Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing that I, that I, um... I really like about our Teletelder platform is that it's based on the applications that people already have and know. And that's, and that's key when we're talking about communication because it's almost, um, when you talk about people from, you know, who, you know, from older generations, they're familiar with the cell phone. They're familiar with text messaging at this, at this stage. So um, to take a platform that's going to be, a little more, you know, intricate, but not not too much. That's gonna alienate them. And now you take that and you just you, you just kind of just build that on top of a platform that they already are used to, are accustomed to using. 
I mean, that's the best way to get anything done, right? It's to think about where the attention and the mindset and the comfortability combined of your target customer, your patient are, and then how do you meet them halfway? If you're asking for an older individual to download an application from the app store, sign in with an email address, create a password and do all these other things, although simple to a lot of us can be very complicated, but more so importantly, an obstacle to obtaining care and communicating with that trusted provider. And so when you meet people in the middle and you say, you use what you're comfortable using, my job as the healthcare provider is to meet you halfway. That mm -hmm. creates a much more, you know, conducive um, relationship between the two parties. I mean, I'll even say myself, I mean, I, I'm not, of. I don't like to think I'm of an older generation. I'm of an older generation. I'll say it a little mm -hmm. more subtly, but, <laughs> but uh, I, I have an app for, you know, my healthcare providers, right? I don't, I rarely go into that app. I, there's, I, I rarely will go in there to check for messages or anything that next. Now, if the, if the message were to come straight to my phone as any other text message, that's, you know, I get an, an, a notification and I'm looking at that right away. So I think that's, that's something that we have to look at for sure. I think that that is a, that's a small but key element to how you prompt people to engage in their own healthcare. You know, anytime when you expect the patient to go the last mile to obtain information, it becomes a problem from my perspective. You know, I think about all the times when I was younger, I was much more on top of my health. Why? Because every year I was prompted to get a physical when I was playing sports. Great example. Every year football season would come around in order to play football, you have to get a physical. Right. And yeah. so I was always on top of that. But now that I'm older and honestly more susceptible to health issues, I'm not as on top of my health because I'm never prompted. There's never an example in my daily life where I have to go get a physical to participate in something that I enjoy. It's really put back on me, the patient who has to go the extra mile and finish the race to be able to check up on my health. But if I was prompted very much like you're talking about with your application to actually check in on my health and somebody were to give me that helpful information, I would be much more likely to do so. Yeah. Um, and so the other thing is that as you get older and you are more susceptible, um, those are anxious times, right? So that it becomes, it's, it's already a very anxious process. And so to ask an older person to then go on an app and, and fill out any type of form or, or uh, access any type of email, it, it, those added steps are deterrence for sure. Cause I know that I would just be like, okay, I'm already anxious about what I think may be going on with me uh, physically. And I don't really necessarily want to go see a doctor anyway. And now you're asking me to do the work to get there. Um, you're going to have a tough time getting me there. That's right. I mean, we are, we're naturally, not in a negative way as humans we are always looking for the least path of resistance and we're always looking for the first opportunity to opt out for doing more work you know what i mean i think that's fair to say i mean if someone's like hey you know great example you could either eat healthy and diet for six months and lose 20 pounds or you could go get liposuction and the next day you'll wake up sore but those 20 pounds will be gone which would you rather do? Magic pill. 
Yeah. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so the same thing comes to our healthcare experience. And I think that that's an important term to really talk about. The experience of healthcare needs to be brought to the modern day expectation. Patients don't want to have to do extra things. They don't want to have to go the extra mile. They want to participate because everybody wants that peace of mind. Everybody wants that assurance. Sure. Sure. We want to eliminate that anxiety. But it's the job of the organizations who expect us to participate in their system that need to take it the extra mile to make everything as easy as possible, you know? And I think that you just touched on a huge point, something that we always talk about is, is the patient experience. And I think that part of our, our job, if you will, over the last 18 months or, you know, whatever it's been, is to educate organizations um, as to how important the patient experience is to their overall bottom line. And I don't think, I, I think that's a tough, it's a, at times it becomes a tough sell because they can't understand the correlation. But I think that, I think that that's where we are in terms of, of where our, uh, where we're going, we're going to become successful in the future. I totally agree. You know, as we built this company over the last seven years now, um, I start to recognize it is the overall experience that makes the biggest difference. That's why companies like Amazon, for example, have been so successful because they make purchasing goods an easy, simple experience. I can go on my app that's at my fingertips. I pick my items. I don't even have to put in my credit card information every single time because mm -hmm. if I did that, I probably wouldn't buy as much stuff because I don't have my wallet on me. Right. But everything is stored in there and I can literally swipe across the screen and it is at my crib within yeah. the next 48 hours or same day if you live in a, you know, a metro area, which is mm -hmm. amazing. Sure. Same thing needs to be thought about with healthcare. You know what I mean? Make it as easy as possible for people to participate in managing their own health. And you will be able to make a tremendous difference for the people who interact with you, but not only interact, but trust you as well. Cause that's what it's really coming down to from my perspective. Absolutely. I'll give you a prime example um, for, for my other line of work. I have, I have to get a COVID test every week mm -hmm. and once a week I was going to the local urgent care, but every week I would have to fill out the same forms and I did not like it and I didn't understand why I, I, I was, I've been here the last three or four weeks I think that my information should be stored here um, I recently changed to a um, another facility where I submitted that same information once and now every time I go I make an I still have to go online to make an appointment yep but I walk in give them my name, they give me the test and I'm out. And it, it takes five minutes as opposed so here's to my, 30 minutes. Here's my question. How often or likely are you to go back to that other urgent care now that you've had a more efficient experience? I have wiped them from my memory. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> They're gone. I mean, yeah, the yeah. world that I've used, I've said this in a previous podcast, but I'll say it again. The world that we live in slowly seduces us into leaning into technology for a better experience. The fact that I can hop on my computer every single day, go into Google Chrome and all of my tabs are there makes life a lot easier because I can get there with one click. The world that we live in is based on efficiency and ease. That's the thing that is so valuable to us. And I think about the generation that's coming in front of us. You know what I mean? Sure. Our grandparents, for example, classic story. I had to walk 10 miles both ways uphill in the snow to get to school. Yeah. Kids today, realistically, in the next five years are probably going to have to wake up, hop on their computer mm -hmm. and go to school. 
You know what I mean? Like things become so much more efficient every single day that everybody needs to catch up or you'll get left behind. Sure. So when we think of that and we think about 2022, what are a couple of key points that, that, you know, a couple of key drivers for us in terms of getting there or getting a more successful point? Like 2020 compared to 2021, the more, consistent adoption of telehealth 2022 in my opinion is going to be another catalyst for the future legislative rulings the government is starting to straighten out iron out all of the rules and regulations to participate in telehealth and i like to say and i've had or heard other people use this example as well once you let the genie out of the bottle it's very difficult to push them back in there sure. good luck and so now that you see different organizations who are using technology machine learning, AI, different tools that can help not only manage patients, but also be preventative, get in front of the curve, get in front of an incident. I am incredibly excited to see where the next year is going to take us and the year beyond that and year beyond that. I mean, very much like the internet as a great example, the digitization of healthcare is here and it's going to be compounding and growing at an exponential rate in the future. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think in every industry there are um, periods of, uh, especially when when the industry is new, um, there are periods of hype, and then there's a, a period where everything settles down, and people get down to real business. Yep. Um, and I think that that's probably where we are. We're, we're somewhere in between. You know, the, the hype has kind of settled down off, out of tele telehealth now, and now people are getting down to the real business. Like you're saying, the legislative rulings are gonna are gonna be set in place because we did have things that were uh, quote unquote temporary because of COVID. But I think that um, looking at the outcomes now, uh, we'll be able to get to a place where things are a little more um, concrete, and then um, we can get down to business. So I'm excited. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point. Talking about the outcomes, the outcomes is the thing that healthcare is really driven on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In new initiatives, new technology is great, but unless you have the proven outcomes, you're really not going to get mass adoption across the space. Now that we're seeing people being able to interact with their doctors, have better outcomes by seeing more touches with a patient specifically, you're recognizing that, wow, this is actually a viable way to actually interact. And of course, you're going to have those early adopters of people who are standing on the hill saying, guys, hurry up and come up here. Yeah. But you're also going to have the people at the bottom of the hill who are like, I don't know if I want to run that hill yet because I'm not sure if it's actually needed or not. Yeah. But the people at the bottom of the hill are going to find themselves having to work up a hill that everybody else already made. And it's going to, you're going to find yourself kind of behind the curve, if you will. Sure. But I think one thing that we've done really well is even though we were at the top of that hill you're talking about, I think we stayed measured in, in, in terms of our growth and, and maintaining a level of, of, um, of being realistic in you know in time frame so i think that we're we're primed for um, a great year next year no i totally agree and i love the fact that we are seeing more forward thinking healthcare administrators coming into their time mm -hmm. you know being a leader you never really move into a situation that is unknown People rarely who are generals will make quick acting decisions because they don't put their team at risk like that.
And now that the data and the outcomes is really starting to come out, you're recognizing that different healthcare leadership, different organizations are starting to say, if they were the pioneers and they have the arrows in their back, we can now start walking down that path as well. And it's going to transform not only the way that we participate in healthcare every single day, but the generations behind us. Very much like the internet was a fad for a little bit. Now we had a catalyst of COVID that pushed us into this digital world. Now we have to be able to participate in this because this is the norm. The world, the rules, the world that we live in has been forever changed and we can't go back. Yeah, I mean, and the, and the exciting part about, you know, advancing through technology and healthcare is that you can remain flexible. Um, you can build something on top of a platform. And if that's not working in, in the direction you, you thought it would, you can change direction without it being a complete overhaul. And I, I, and I think that's going to be very attractive to healthcare, healthcare organizations. I definitely think so. I mean, healthcare in the past was always build it mm-hmm. and see if they come. Yeah. Staff it and hopefully they come here so we can get enough put through to make money. Now that we see a remote world that we're living in, people are, you know, living in different places. People also want to have that trusted relationship with that provider who might live or might be an hour and a half away. I should be able to access you a little bit more efficiently. The patient experience that you touched on a little bit earlier is so important. And the only way that we're going to be able to sustain that long term is by creating sustainable solutions. When you build sustainable solutions in technology and in this new digital world, things can change very quick. Things are adaptable. Things are changeable. You can implement a complete overhaul within a short period of time, which before would have have meant building a new facility, hiring new doctors, bringing them in, getting the patients through the door. Those times are gone. And I'm just excited about having the ability to provide the same the same quality of care for someone in Bakersfield, for example, that we provide for someone in Beverly Hills. I think that that is so important just to society as a whole. It definitely is. I mean, that's kind of where we got our start back in 2014, Mm -hmm. recognizing what people need to have access to these providers that metropolitan cities have access to. So we went to the small towns. We stood up a solution that gave them access to these providers. The elimination of the distance is really the key. You know, I mean, we even see that in our professional lives today. Now that people, everybody seemed to move to Austin, Texas in the last year or so, you know, and left California, they're all working in those same groups that they were. They're all working in those same spaces. They're all fighting for the same mission, but the distance is no longer an element. It's just technology that took us there so much quicker rather than, you know, society evolving. Yeah. Cool, man. I, I'm, I'm really excited about 2022 and, and uh, what we're going to be able to accomplish. Um, I'm, I'm glad we're able to get on here and, and kind of chat about it for a little bit. Yeah, man. The next year is going to be an amazing year. We're going to see a lot of changes. We're going to have to overcome some challenges that I'm sure we can't see yet. But as long as we have a sustainable approach to building this thing the right way, I know that opportunity is going to come and we're going to be successful and I'm excited for it. Awesome. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening again to another episode of the It's Telehealth podcast. This is Keenan and Andre bringing it to you once again. Um, if you guys are still listening, we definitely appreciate you and we can't wait to catch you on the next one. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to the It's Telehealth podcast. Stay current by subscribing to It's Telehealth on your favorite podcast platform.